Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Bula and welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week... When you're able to understand the Pacific culture, you know, uh, Polynesian culture in general, you get a better understanding of how to get the best out of those players. The New Zealand Warriors organisation is challenged to better understand the culture and value of its Pacific players. The new Manu Samoa head coach talks about his vision for the team and Papua New Guinea's cricketers set their sights on India. First up, the New Zealand Warriors are being urged to show more diversity off the field to better understand the culture and value of its Pacific players. More than half of NRL players are of Māori, Pacifica or Indigenous Australian heritage, but none of the league's head coaches have those backgrounds, following the surprise sacking of Stephen Kearney in June. RNZ Pacific sports reporter Tale Anderson told me a number of people in rugby league are demanding the Warriors and other teams better reflect the communities they represent. Fiona Fawina has kind of raised the issue before about the Warriors organisation not understanding the culture enough and he doesn't think that they're going to see any any success until um, there are people, I guess, at the top of the organisation that are Māori or Pacific Islander, are Māori or Pacifica, and can give that or can understand and bring that voice to the table the decision-making table, really. Does that I, make sense? Yeah, because, you know, you've got a, a playing group that are, you know, 70-odd percent Māori Pacifica and, you know, people think back to, you know, Ali Lautiti and, and all these, you know, great players in the past, Tony Whamoena obviously being one of them uh, as well, and the influence and, and talent they have on, on, on this team and obviously being based where they are and a huge support, especially in, you know, that Auckland, South Auckland community, um, and yet the people that run the team, the people that are in charge, the the board, not to say that they're bad people, but they don't reflect the playing base or, in many cases, the supporters of the team. Yeah, exactly. And that's what former manager Don Mann was saying about how there's all these players, we've got a large Pacific playing group, but there's no one making, or there's no one at the table making those uh, final calls or having input to share the voice of the Pacific players. For example, the axing of the coach, Stephen Kearney, he was saying that there could have been some input from a Māori or Pacific representative to show how that would actually affect the Pacific players. So I thought that was quite an important point that he made out. And it's not just the Warriors, of course. Stephen Kearney, I think, was the only Māori or Aboriginal or Pacifica coach in the NRL before his axing, but but none of the other NRL clubs, you know, have a, a you know a, a coach or person in that role of, you know you know, Māori Pacifica, et cetera, ethnicity. Um, so it's, you know, there are issues NRL-wide, and, and you spoke to a couple of the wealthy managers, uh, Dean Halato and, and David Solomono, obviously, 
um, you know, Pacific Islanders who represented New Zealand, Samoa, um, and, and they deal with a lot of these issues too and, and see what's happening at a range of clubs. Mm. Yeah, so they were saying that they think there's been improvement from the time that they've played um, with, obviously, their positions that they have at the NRL as well being in education managers. Um, they've also spoken highly of Nigel Vangana, who who was a um, NRL and wellbeing education manager, and also Frank Kulitoa. Um, and they've been doing a lot of work to get Pacific strategies and, I guess, um, the Pacific Island camp underway, which has been on hold the last few years. But, yeah, they've, they've said that there's a lot of work that has been done, but there's also a lot of work that still needs to be done in terms of those positions and um, CEOs on the boards and, yeah, just those positions where they can just be at that decision-making table, help make those final calls that are going to have an impact on the Pacific players and, yeah, those kind of roles. Uh, is there a feeling amongst the playing group, Tyle, that, you know, those positions are available to them? Um, you know, we've, we've seen in rugby, there's been a study here in New Zealand done on the Auckland rugby community with, you know, barriers put in place for, you know, Māori Pacifica, that, or Pacifica especially, I guess, that, that don't feel sort of confident enough to, to apply or, or feel that, you know, they are worthy of such roles or concerned about failure. Is, is there a similar thing in rugby league or is it a case of, some of these players just not being interested perhaps in, in management or they're just not being offered it? Oh, I think that's a little bit of an unknown at the moment. I did ask about that with um, both Dean and David Solomona, um, also with Don Mann. Don Mann believes there are people there, that there are plenty of Māori and Pacific people that are able and competent to hold those positions, but just he believes they're not being offered um, to our Māori and Pacific people. But I guess we we just don't really know that, I don't think. I was speaking there with RNZ Pacific Sports reporter Tyler Anderson. Mapusua Seilala Mapusua is the new Manu Samoa head coach, with Mulianga Tele Brian Limar to take charge of the men's national sevens team. The former Manu Samoa teammates have both signed two-year deals after their appointments were endorsed and ratified by the Samoa Rugby Union Board. Mapusua says he's honoured and humbled to be a member of the Manu Samoa again. It's a position that I, I think I'd always um, wanted to um, apply for. I wasn't wasn't really sure of the timing um, exactly, but an um, opportunity came up and I thought now's as good a time as any. For somebody that, I think you last played for Manu Samoa in 2013, correct me if I'm wrong? Yep, yep that's correct. So, you know, a few years ago, but not too long ago... Um, you know, what's your perspective been over the last seven years since your last test watching the Manu play? Um, it's 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 been it's been interesting. Um, uh, really, uh, I've kind of seen um, seen some 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 great players coming in, and and um, you know, we were always hopeful for, for for our boys to do well. And you know, seeing the results not go not go our way, it's, it's been very really tough and, and sometimes frustrating. Um, and so that that was part of the reason why I thought if I want to influence this team, then I, you know, that's, that means a lot to me, then that this was the best way to do it. Do you think in 2020, Manu Samoa still have the ability to compete with those so-called Tier 1 nations in terms of you know the things we always talk about, the resources, the, the ability to get your best players on the park, you know finances, that sort of thing? Um, I, in terms of uh, players, I definitely think um, we, 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 we still do have that ability. 
Um, obviously, resources are a massive, um, massive hurdle that we that we that we always have to climb. But um, uh, I definitely think, uh, realistically speaking, I think it's the, the it's the potential that it that, that excites me, and then uh, COVID has presented an awesome opportunity for us to actually start start again and and, and rebuild from the inside. Even though you're um, appointment is just for two years at this point. The intention, I presume, is to, to go through until 2023. That's what people want to do, go to a Rugby World Cup. So do you have in your mind a vision, a plan for how those four years would be? Yes, yes, I do. Um, um, uh, at the moment, um, my, my, my main goal is to really grow and develop more rugby. And and that starts from from, from the grassroots um, in, in, in Samoa and I want to build and create an environment where players can be the best versions of themselves and want to be a part of attracting our best players is one of my goals and I know that I can only do that from within. And there's always a handful of players that are eligible for a country like Samoa that don't necessarily commit and, and, and that's not a slight against them personally, it's a personal circumstance it's you know club pressures, oh. it's international pressures, do you, uh, are there people that you think you might be able to twist their arm? Uh, twisting their arm, hopefully <laughs> but, but uh, again um, I'm, I, I don't want to, I understand you know, um, how players make their decisions and especially at different different stages of their careers and uh, for me I just want to make sure that um, I can create something or I want to build something that you know, these players want to be a part of. That way, I know that they're there for the right reasons and you know, that they want to be that they want to be a part of it. In terms of your coaching philosophy and, and your coaching background, um, what what would you say are the key things people should know? In terms of coaching philosophy, um, I'm really big on on growth and, and development, and, and just you know, people being able to be the best versions of themselves, um, whatever that looks like. Um, I'm not big on boxes, and that players need to fit into. And and the environment is key for me. And and in my experience, man, a player that um, is happy and content and believes in, in what you're trying to achieve will outperform any talented player that thinks otherwise. And um, I think I really enjoyed um, watching uh, Rassi Rasmus last year with what he did with the Springboks. And um, I've, I've, I've similar values, so I'm, I'm, I'm keen to, to, to bring in those players who, whose values um, align with my own and um, want to be part of that kind of higher purpose, if you, if you like, and want to represent their country. This team, like, like most national teams, belong to the people, and um, I know that Samoans are very passionate about, about their team, as, as everyone else is, so uh, I really want to get those players in, and, and values are huge for me. And um, I suppose you are in Dunedin. When do you think you're going to be able to get back to Samoa? And how optimistic are you that there might be a, a test match you can actually coach in this year? Um, I'm, I'm unsure at this stage. Um, um, I was, after speaking to to, to the union, um, there were plans, and then um, there was a briefing at nine fifteen that kind of threw that out the window um, last night. So um, I'm, I'm hoping to um, get my feet on the ground. At, at, in, in, in the coming weeks, and basically it is a day-by-day thing at the moment, and, and, and seeing if, if we're going to be able to play some international um, international rugby this year. The new Manu Samoa rugby coach, Mapusua Seilala Mapusua.
Papua New Guinea's cricketers are setting their sights on back-to-back World Cup appearances after confirmation next year's Men's T20 World Cup will take place in India. The tournament was originally set to take place in Australia from October but was postponed by 12 months because of COVID-19. With India due to hold the following World Cup in 2021, the ICC confirmed next year's event will remain on the subcontinent with Australia to host in 2022. Cricket PNG Chief Executive Greg Campbell says the players are in good spirits. People will ask me how you're keeping the boys up, you know, with it, so much uh, sort of strange stuff going on in the world and not knowing when the World Cup was going to be on. Our boys have been up um, 100% all the time. I mean, they, they realise it could be a one-in-a-lifetime opportunity for some of them to play in the World Cup. So whether the World Cup was next month or, you know, 12 months down the track, they're very excited. They're all staying upbeat. Uh, disappointing it's not going to be in Australia because I, I know we would have got a lot of PNG people going there. We still might get a few going to India. But, again, it's a, uh, I know Joe Dawes, the coach, spoke to him. What a wonderful opportunity to go to uh India and play in a World Cup, the country that is their number one sport, and we all know how passionate they are. So, yeah, they're upbeat. They're very exciting. Next year's calendar is chock-a-block. Many, you know, we've got three international home series at home, you know, so that's six teams visiting, plus all the other cricket we got. So, very much go get through the next three or four months of what's happening around the world, and hopefully there's a vaccination or we can get on top of this COVID and, and get back to normality and start playing good cricket and get into that World Cup where you know, we've worked so hard for for, you know, seven, eight, ten years even before my time. The fact that you're you're waiting for a World Cup you know you're going to eventually be a part of, as opposed to what has been the case for so many years, striving to get to a World Cup. So uh that that in itself is progress. Exactly, yeah. And look, we got our eyes set on making uh, the following World Cup in Australia. You know, like I said, there was a little bit of a disappointment for people that it wasn't gonna be in Australia but we've got an opportunity to make another one two years in a row, so they're working flat out and uh, they're very excited about what's going on. So hopefully we can make the, the 2022 one, not looking too far ahead. Well, you know, we've got 2021, but it'll be great for the PNG people to have a go at the World Cup in Australia where they can get to a lot more easy than India. But India, like I said before, is going to be so exciting for the boys to get there and, and play in that World Cup. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Joe Dawes. Obviously, his background, having coached over there with the IPL, etc., uh, that's going to be uh, pretty valuable um, You know, when you get over there in terms of that inside knowledge of, of, of what it's like over there. Oh, exactly. You know, Joe's been there. We've got a few uh, Nathan Reasons still there and some tours um, sides he's played with. So we're looking very much forward to Joe's experience there of being a bowling coach for two or three years. You're probably... Uh, Correct me on that. I think it might have been three years, and he knows a lot of the the places and the players. So, uh, yeah, he'll instill a bit. We'll look at we'll look at going early, like everyone will, into India to get used to to the conditions. It'll be different than what the boys have faced, uh, but very much looking forward to it, mate. It's it's going to be so exciting. Because the the following years now in Australia, do you? And I think that's an expanded competition, if I'm right, with 16 teams. We're not 100% sure on that. I think it's uh, I've got us. ICC for clarification because India was going to be an expanded one in uh, you know 2021, 16 teams. But I think they've adopted the format that's in Australia. Well, they have. I was wondering if the the following one yeah. that's now in Australia would therefore be the the expanded. No, I think they're going to do the same format. That's not concrete, but that's what I'm hearing. They'll do the same format as the uh, the India one. So again, it'll be a pre-qualified. But we're not. We haven't got confirmation of that yet. So we've got to still work on it. But let's let's see if we can get on top. Eh? And at the moment, with obviously so much uncertainty around the world, um, 
Is, is that kind of the focus at the moment, just trying to get as much domestic cricket as possible and w- what comes from an international point of view will, will come if it comes? Yeah, we're all on hold, aren't we, around the world with what's going on in COVID, but we're looking at trying to get all our boys into into Australia, into the uh, club competition, sort of November onwards through to February, and the same with up to a dozen or, you know, six to a dozen girls, what we can. Of course, getting the uh, OK and the visa restrictions is uh, sort of put on hold a little bit with what's happening in Melbourne and Sydney, but, look, we're taking each day, week, like everyone does, month, by month, so hopefully in a couple of months things are better in Australia and we can get them in to do some isolation and then stay there for four or five months playing cricket. So in terms of the opportunities, obviously the club sides in Australia would, would would happily take them and you've obviously got relationships with those clubs it's just a matter of I guess at a government level if, if, if those players are able to get into the country sort of thing. Yeah exactly, we've you know, been doing it for years so um, I'm not talking out of school and I'm not across it 100% but I know Head coach, high performance manager Joe Dawes has more or less locked most of them away to clubs. Um, so we're just waiting now to, you know, what the Australian government do and we understand their situation and we understand what's happening here. So, look, fingers crossed we can get him in there to play some cricket. That's the Cricket PNG Chief Executive, Greg Campbell. And that's the World in Sport for this week. For more, head to our website, rnzi.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.